0: the actor CEO podcast episode 33
1: we could be in much less risky be in less risky more lucrative fields why not try to do something interesting and something sort of crazy going up you're an actor but you're also a business take control of your career by learning how to manage it like a boss
0: be driven be responsible be in control be an actor CEO and now your host Mike Moreno Hello again and welcome to the Actor-CEO Podcast. Thank you for joining me on this journey of learning, exploration, and dedication. If you wanna keep getting these tips and tricks from industry pros, established actors, and the fabulous hardworking artists we bring on this program, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. That way when you're on the go to your next audition, commuting home from work, Or even at the gym You can take a moment to listen And get some serious insight Into building a better career By becoming an actor CEO My guest today is a theater firebrand She's a longtime member of Bedlam Theater Here in New York City Which has become a critical darling Earning high praise from the New York Times For multiple shows Including their adaptations of classical literature Like Vanity Fair, Pride and Prejudice And Sense and Sensibility Which Kate Hamill adapted herself And now Sense and Sensibility is performing beyond the Bedlam stage at places like the Off-Broadway Theatre, the Pearl Theatre, and regional theatres around the country. We have so much more to look forward to from this wonderful, wonderful artist. Let's say hello to Kate Hamill. Thank you so much, Kate. I really appreciate your time. The pleasure's all right. Let's sort of dive into this, uh, you know, this world of of writing for production. uh, Because, you know, this is certainly something that... Anybody who's looking to start a theater company, and I'd love to, you know, sort of brainstorm about that, too, later in the conversation. But anyone who's looking to start a theater company, this is a wonderful way to create content for yourself, to create material. It's one thing to do Shakespeare and Chekhov, but it's another thing to actually find these other wonderful sources of material, classic material that are in the public domain, first of all, and that you have uh, access to these fantastic stories these wonderfully rich characters and you can bring them to life if you can translate that work from you know the novel setting to a theatrical setting so what was that like for you what were some of the uh lessons that you learned taking the material from the uh, novel page to the page of the stage if you will
1: (laughs) yeah it just opened a whole i mean obviously it's uh it, it, it opened a bunch of um Doors as a as a playwright, which is great. Um, I have a, a you know there is a real hunger for. It turns out the thing I wanted to do that there's people would like people do want a new female centered classic work, especially by a female playwright. So um, I've been working on some other adaptations, and those are getting productions around in both off Broadway and uh, regionally this year. And those are um, Vanity Fair and Pride of Prejudice, which are getting produced by a couple of different places.
0: So then moving from that element and, and you've had the ability to not only create work for a company and for other companies as well, but uh, yeah. see that company grow from, you know, more rather simple beginnings and, and uh, bootstrap beginnings, if you will, into, uh, you know, Scaling what they what they're able to do well and doubling down on what they do well and uh, creating a message and an audience for themselves, uh, and you've had a wonderful opportunity to be a part of that. So, what is it like to be with a company as it mm-hmm. grows? And then, what have you seen? If you were to again translate some information to those those of us out there or people who are listening who might be looking to start their own theater company, and certainly in New York City, that yeah. Uh, Comes as a challenge for many reasons, but uh, it's still a a worthwhile cause What would you say uh, were some of the lessons that you learned being a part of an organization that was growing in that way?
1: Well, you know a lot of the things that I feel like I learn I feel like I observed um, You know sometimes on the inside sometimes on the outside of um, Bedlam's development um, uh, you know, I'm not part of the organization of Bedlam, I'm just a right. company member, um, uh, although I'm friends with everyone, we're sort of like a big family, um, uh, you know, uh, but one of the things I've observed is um, Eric, who's the artistic director, as well as the director of all the Bedlam shows, has a very, very strong aesthetic, Um he really makes, he likes theater that's very theatrical. Um, he, you know, I'm sort of speaking for Eric, but uh, <laughs> um, he likes to find creative solutions to things. He's very interested in the text and in um, ground acting that's grounded in reality. And because he had a really strong vision and because everyone in the company um, is really dedicated to being collaborative to not being ego driven to not um, you know to working as a team and as a family that's how i've seen you know for uh, in some ways watching from the outside bedlam's like explosion has been so of course i'm so happy for everyone involved but i'm sort of like you know it it, it makes sense that they would go so far because they really like these are people who really believe in what they're doing and who give a lot and who are not about, it's not about individual ego, which is, um, amazing. And also united by a strong aesthetic and a really strong, um, uh, willingness to sort of roll up your sleeves. When we first did, um, you know, I know when they were first doing St. Joan and Hamlet, like, uh, they were running concessions. They were, you know, everything. Um, when we first did Sense and Sensibility off-off-Broadway, we were painting the sets. It was really um, being willing to, and I think if you look at um, the interviews that Eric and Andres have given, they they worked. They were willing to get their hands dirty, and that's why they've done such amazing things. That plus extremely strong aesthetic um, values and, you know, a kind of fearlessness, a willingness to do the, 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 um, unexpected and the risky when Eric, you know, um, wanted to direct sense and sensibility. I was not a produced playwright. Um, this was like <laughs> my first, you know, really, uh, fully realized script. So, um, a lot of people would have been like, well, you know, come to me once you've done a few shows. But Eric really believed in the script, so he went for it, which is awesome and I think is indicative of someone who's willing to take risks. Because if we're not willing to take risks in this business, I mean, why are we in it, for God's sake? We could all be doctors. or I mean, not all of us could be doctors. (laughs) I'd make a terrible doctor. But we could be like... You know, whatever. We could be in much less risky, um, uh, you know, accountants or be in less risky, more lucrative fields. Why not try to do something interesting and something sort of crazy?
0: Sure. Hey actors, what if I told you you could take acting class with Kevin Spacey or Dustin Hoffman? You'd freak out, right? And then you'd ask, okay, how much? Masterclass is an online learning service that gives you access to acting classes with these master actors for just 90 bucks. You can't even rent rehearsal space in New York City for that much, and you get hours of exclusive footage you won't find anywhere else. Worksheets and templates and a community forum to connect you with other passionate performers. This is access you can't find elsewhere and the knowledge that these two titans of film and stage deliver in these courses is priceless. Click the link on the homepage at ActorCEO.com or find it on the resources page at ActorCEO.com slash resources. MasterClass provides phenomenal content, so don't miss your chance to learn from the greats. Now back to the show. Yeah. And so would you say that that drive or that understanding of, you know, being being a part of this mm-hmm. obviously group of performers and artists who you know, are working so hard in order to create this entire structure and create something that has longevity to it as a company, as, uh, you know, an artistic vision, as as a way to continue, uh, like you say, um, being risky and uh, driving, you know, a strong message forward uh, year after year. Would you say that is something that I guess you or you've seen other people develop more from being on the ground uh, in the fields, as it were, in the industry? Or would you say that's something that that, uh, actors who come out of uh, either BFA or MFA programs actually get some sort of understanding of?
1: Oh, gosh. I mean, you know, I don't think – I think training is helpful, but I don't think training is the end-all be-all, you know. Yeah. I, I You know, I, I got my BFA. I have some friends who got their BFAs and MFAs, some people who didn't get their degree in theater. Um, and the, the, the difference in talent and preparation is sort of, it has nothing to do with where you went to school. And certainly the drive, I don't think has anything to do with where you went to school. I know some amazingly talented people who went to my program and they decided it sort of wasn't the lifestyle for them, which I totally understand. Um, you know, I know some people who went and got their MFAs and they're amazing and they work all the time. And I know some people who went and got their MFAs right. and they're amazing and they don't work. I think it's like some of it's luck of the draw, some of it's, um, which no one likes to hear, but I, I, I do think that that's true. And I do think some of it's just... Um, being (sighs) persistence and I think some of it's a willingness to be creative about you know what your path to whatever you define as success is going to be I think something you know uh, the friends that I have in Bedlam are more like family to me and um, it's really like a family I just love them all and they're all people who work really, really hard. I mean, it's all just hardworking people. And I will say everyone I know who um, Mm. is still in the business uh, tends to work really hard. People work hard. And um, that's what's annoying is that's not even an indicator of success. (laughs) You can work really, really hard and um, you're, you know, certainly for years, I spun my wheels. I just wasn't quite getting the traction, Um, but working hard and being collaborative. And I would argue um, being creative, trying to develop your own point of view. And um, I would argue uh, being respectful and being nice is something that I find that keeps people in the business. Um, You know, that's not a universal rule. (laughs) (laughs) But I, you know, I know some when I was younger, I feel like I knew people who um, were incredibly talented. And uh, if you're not able to get along with people, you kind of get a reputation. And so people who are able to get along with people and um, treat people with respect and also thrive towards an aesthetic, that's, you tend to work more.
0: You know, sure, sure, and that's a, that's a piece of advice that I've certainly heard repeated through a number of my guests, and I, you know, I always, I just think that that's universally true. You have to be a person yeah. who is kind, is respectful, is understanding of the bigger picture of what everybody else's job is, uh, how how you are a piece of a whole, you are not the whole piece. Uh, you know that that type of perspective is is. Absolutely crucial uh, for an artist because you're part of a community in the end.
1: It's not like sometimes people don't get frustrated with each other in any environment, and it's a stressful industry, um, can be. Uh, but I do feel like people who are respectful and who um, operate out of a place of, you know, of respect and um, collaboration tend to do better.
0: Absolutely. I think that yeah. that's certainly one of the most important things. Uh, build your community. We talk about that on this podcast a lot uh, that comes up. And uh, that's so true. And, you know, again, something else I try to stress on this show and, and anybody else that I really in my community of actors and producers and other wonderful people that I'm fortunate enough to be connected with. Uh, We talk about this all the time where, you know, none of us are a guru in our section, in our own little corner of the world. Uh, We're not here, you know, Spouting this information, whatever success we've had up to this point from a mountaintop, we're just saying, this is this is stuff that has worked for me. And this particular show, this podcast, is all about finding what's worked yeah. for everybody else. What has got you to this point? What is what have you found to be ways of uh, you know easing the transition or helping you or things that people don't often think about? And again, something I stress on this program all the time is you for each individual person it's unique and different but you do have to be in control of it because very much like you're saying if you're looking for those answers from someone else you're you're giving up your control you're giving up your own power and it all comes back to you only you can do this only you can do this in the way that you do it and by doing it specifically in your own way that's what's going to create a career that's what you're going to create legs out of and have some sort of sustainability off of not by finding some quick path along those same lines is there a piece of advice about the industry or about the business uh, about being a working actor that you've held on to or that um, you would certainly if somebody was to ask you the question be willing to pass on to them
1: oh yikes you know, um, one of my favorite uh, pieces of advice, it's such a it's such like a crazy one, is someone once said to me uh, something they had heard, which is if you meet the Buddha on the road, kill him, which means which is quite evocative but basically what it means is if someone appears to have all the answers you should distrust them right because I think it's very easy to look for um, someone who has the answers in this business because we're you know everyone's uncertain myself included Um, but that you kind of have to find your own answers and find what interests you and just do the best you can to pursue that Um, so my advice would sort of be no advice, <laughs> but it would be like, you know, there's no run, one right way. And if someone, whether it's a guru or a teacher or whatever, or someone you took a class with gives you absolute advice, I don't care what it is. You know, you'll mm-hmm. never be an actor unless you lose 20 pounds. Uh, you'll never do this unless you do that. The This, that sort of, that sort of advice tends to be what is common versus what is necessarily true. So I just say, like, take a lot of stuff with a grain of salt and kind of find your own way and surround yourself with people who are the one thing I would say is surround yourself with people who inspire you to be better.
0: Hey Actor CEOs, I just want to take a second to remind you to sign up for our newsletter at actorceo.com newsletter. When you do, you'll get exclusive content delivered to your inbox on Monday alongside the episode release. It's a great way to add tools to your arsenal like an audition scene database, video tutorials with guests, deals on business cards and headshots, and many more that are only offered in the newsletter. Take your career to the next level and sign up at actorceo.com newsletter. Now, back to the show. So, Kate, where can people go to find what's happening with you, what your next project is that you're working on, and basically keep up with uh, all the wonderful things you're bringing to the world?
1: Uh, so, um, you know, uh, you could just Google me. Or uh, my, my website is www.kate-hamill, H-A-M-I-L-L. Dot com like Mark Himmel or Dorothy Himmel. Um, and generally I have upcoming stuff there. Um, I have uh, two productions coming up in the next, I mean, two productions that I'm in in the next six months, and um, more stuff coming up that I just have as a playwright. Um, so, uh, one of them is Vanity Fair, The Pearl, um, which uh, Eric Tucker is directing. It's, and uh, one of them is Pride and Prejudice at Hudson Valley Shakespeare Festival, uh, which is then going on to primary stages um which is being directed by Amanda dennert and I'm in both of those but I have other regional stuff so that's what's coming up um but if you go to kate. at uh, kate-hamel.com that's where you know my other stuff is
0: Fantastic Well we would love to see it all and certainly uh, keep up to date with uh, What's going on with you, Kate? Thank you so much again for uh, jumping on the program and uh, sharing your time with us and bringing us along on on the adventure.
1: The pleasure's all right.
0: You can find all the resources for this episode in the show notes at actorceo.com slash 33. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the Actor CEO podcast on iTunes and at actorceo.com.